0: Well we're meeting today as a family of believers, wherever you may be, scattered around the world, perhaps you're catching this up during the week. But we belong together as a family because of the faith that we have in Jesus Christ, and because Father God has a love for us that is unstoppable. <laughs> and we're busy looking at the book of Acts, Ready, Steady Acts as our series. And it's the beginning of the early church, the trailblazers. Who started off this amazing expansion from Jerusalem through Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth, just as Jesus commissioned them to do. So we're looking at Acts, what happened after the four Gospels when that little band who was so timid and scared when Jesus was arrested and crucified, and then when he rose from the dead and appeared to them over 40 days, teaching them about. Bread with them and sharing so many deep truths with them. This little timid band strengthened and grew and he gave them very specific instructions what to do. He said, I'm going to go back to the Father but I'm not leaving you forsaking you. You are to wait in Jerusalem because I have promised a gift to you, the Holy Spirit, a precious gift And the Holy Spirit will empower you to be my witnesses. Let's read Acts chapter 1 verse 8 the words of Jesus. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's quite a commission for this little band but there were 150 of them and they met in an upper room just as he said they should and they waited and I just love the fact that as they waited (laughs) they didn't know how Holy Spirit would be given but there was a rustling of a wind and a blowing and amazingly the Holy Spirit came and it was like tongues of fire just came and settled on each head and it must have just been the most amazing thing because as the Holy Spirit filled them and rested on them they started speaking loudly and boldly in other languages, excuse me. And these were actual tongues, these were actual languages. And as it happened in Jerusalem at that time, it was the Feast of Pentecost. So there were devout Jews by the hundreds, by the thousands who'd gathered for this festival. And they heard this racket coming from the upper room of this little house, people speaking in their own dialect. They couldn't believe it. And it was only nine in the morning and they thought these people must be drunk because they were so full of joy and exuberance the holy spirit had come to them and they were quickened into a whole new dimension of life that was the beginning because as they came and encountered the first little band of 150 we see peter standing up and giving the most powerful amazing sermon and we read that 3,000 were added to the church that day. Wow, what a beginning. And you can imagine that these divide Jews would have gone back to their homes after the Feast of Pentecost, carrying this message about Jesus Christ with them. <laughs> it was amazing. So that was the early church, the beginning of the early church. And these tongues of fire coming on them, isn't something new because we know from scripture that, tongues of, that we know that fire came down from heaven. Um, we know that from Elijah at Carmel in Kings, one in 1 Kings in 1838, we read that Elijah prayed and fire came from heaven onto the altar. We also read that David prayed in 1 Chronicles 21. He had a burnt offering and a peace offering and fire came down on the burnt offering. So fire from heaven was not new but the fact that the tongues actually remained and stayed with them and indwelt them through the power of the Holy Spirit was something beautiful and new and this was the beginning of a whole new dimension of the church. The church had actually started. So let's move from there to see who these people were, who were the trailblazers. If you look at Acts um, chapter 13, and just beginning from verse 1 to 3, and we'll add on a little bit of verse 4, it talks about five men in that, and it begins with Barnabas. These were, they were prophets and teachers at Antioch, which is where the church first began, and there was Barnabas. And then there was also an amazing man who was called Niger, Simeon, and there was somebody called Lucius, and there was Mannion, and there was Saul, who was also Paul. And if we look at these men, I just find it's amazing because out of the thousands who are now believers, and especially 150 who were gathering regularly to meet, five stood out like shining stars. Let's have a look at who these are. Barnabas, we know Joseph Barnabas. We read at the beginning of Acts that he was one of these amazing men who had a field, so he was a man of property, but he sold his field and he gave all of that money to the community because they were one. That's the kind of man he was, very generous of heart and of spirit. He was a man of God, godly man, full of the Holy Spirit. And I love his nickname. It is Son of Encouragement. That's Barnabas, Joseph Barnabas. He's number one in the list. Then secondly, We see Simeon. I think this is fascinating. Simeon is also called Niger, and Niger is a Roman name, which meant that Simeon must have frequented in Roman circles. But Niger means black. So Simeon very possibly came from Africa because Simeon was black. So number two out of this glittering array of the first five who were the absolute shining stars in that early church, There was Barnabas, but there was Simeon, Niger. And the third person is Lucius. And I find that fascinating. He was from Cyrene. And Cyrene was definitely an African settlement. So Lucius was definitely African. So there your top three, two are African. And the fourth one was Manius, completely different. (coughs) And this is wonderful too, because Manius Grew up in the courts of the Tetrarch of Herod, Herod Antipas. So he would have been very familiar with all the things of Rome and of the rulers. And you know that Herod Antipas was violently against Christians. So how amazing that this man, who was brought up in the courts of the king, became a follower of Jesus Christ. It was it was quite common in those days for young princes to have a little companion, and this is who. Was. He was brought in as a little child, an adopted child, to be a companion to Herod the Tetrarch. So that's Manius fourth And then we read of Saul. And Saul, we know, Saul was a rabbi, he was a Pharisee, he studied under Gamaliel, he was a man with a brilliant intellect, he was fiercely de- devoted as a Jew, he was a citizen of Rome, he had all the right credentials, but He was a horrific persecutor of Christians because of his faith. He thought the Christians were completely misled. And Saul was aware of the the amazing death of Simon, of, of Stephen, the first martyr, because Saul was actually there when Stephen died and he agreed with everything that had happened. And Saul was on his way to Damascus to drag out men and women and to torture them mercilessly in a cruel way drag them all the way back to Jerusalem to teach them a lesson so that was Saul but we read in Acts chapter 9 that Saul had an extraordinary encounter with Jesus Christ a personal encounter that completely changed him and this man from being this horrific persecutor became tireless And he just gave all he had to preaching the gospel and teaching about Jesus Christ. He himself was tortured because of his faith. That is Paul. So those are our forefathers. It's amazing, the early church, this band. And we can read from these verses, some amazing things that just stand out at me. And I'd like to mention first, God can do the impossible because this band of trailblazers were absolutely unstoppable. We read that the Holy Spirit set aside Barnabas and Saul and sent them out. And it's wonderful that the Holy Spirit did that. He sent them out. God's love is unstoppable for us. He's loved us from before the foundation of the world and his love is unstoppable. So he can take a man like Saul who was so against him and so impossible you would think in your brain to become a believer and God can change his heart because he encountered the person of Jesus. So I want to say to you, remember today that God's love is unstoppable and that God can do the impossible. So if you have been praying for that family member, that boss, that partner who you, is impossible you think in your mind to believe, take heart. God can do the impossible. Just keep on praying and believing and sharing the love of God in the most meaningful way and you'll see the difference it will make. God can do the impossible. He did that with Saul. He can do it with anyone. And I also want to say, perhaps you've experienced a blockage, that you've lost that sense of intimacy with God, the first love, and you think it will never come back. I want to encourage you and say, God can do the impossible. Release yourself to Him. Let him come and refresh you and quicken you and bring you back to that first love. Put your gaze on Jesus Christ and allow him to love you with that unstoppable love. (laughs) You will never be the same again because no one can love you like that. Secondly, God's purposes and plans for us are unstoppable that's why this early church was unstoppable they knew that God's purpose and plans were unstoppable before the foundation of the world God had a plan to rescue us that we wouldn't flounder but that we would flourish this is what he was doing through that early band who he sent out across the world just look at the variety look at the diversity it's such a celebration of different kinds of people but all with the same love That God has put in their hearts and they all had the sense of God's purpose for their life and I love it in the vineyard that we say everyone gets to play because that's how it is we all have a unique calling and a purpose to fulfill the divine commission to go into all the world and to preach the gospel and to share the love of God so everyone gets to play Don't compare yourself with others. So often you think, gosh, they've got more gifts than I have, they speak better, they do this, they do Don't compare. Just fix your eyes on Jesus and listen for his voice. He said, my sheep know my voice. Let him lead you to the plan and purpose that he has for your life. It's very important that you don't waste time. Especially in these days, there's a sense of urgency Listen for Him and be quick to obey what He has for you. He has a divine plan and a purpose for your life and it's beautiful. Listen and follow. When you know what it is, be quick to go and do it. Renounce the lie that God has not really blessed you with as much as somebody else, that you're not good enough, that you don't measure up. That's not the way it is because we all have the same flame. We all have the same flame and we are the living stones of a church without walls. We are the living stones of a church without walls and we all have the same flame. (laughs) So let's go where he leads us. Remember in everything, intimacy with God, connection with Jesus is the key. And just keep asking for the Holy Spirit to guide and lead you, and he will. And you might be surprised where you land up. (laughs) I certainly have been. So God's love is unstoppable. He can do the impossible. God's purposes and his plans are unstoppable. And what I love is God's presence and his power are unstoppable. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will be with you always to the end of the world. So we never have to pray, oh Lord, please be with me, because he is. (laughs) But we can ask him to make us extra aware of his presence. That makes a difference to our lives because his presence and his power are with us when the Holy Spirit has filled us. I love it that he led them through the power and his presence while they were worshipping, fasting and praying. Isn't that significant to you when you read the book of Acts? While they were worshipping, fasting and praying. It was amazing. Worshipping. I love that. I think so often we've lost that sense of worship and I love to just ask the Lord to remind me to worship him. Like coming to the forests, walking the dog even doing the dishes and the ironing, just to worship him and all the things that we do. And fasting, he's showing me more and more that fasting is really the fabric of the early church, fasting and praying, because we often say to people, oh, we're gonna be on a fast, we're gonna do this, and we kind of brag about fasting. We don't have to tell anybody about fasting. We just know it's between him and us. It sharpens our senses. It helps us really keep our gaze and our focus on Jesus. Worship, make that a lifestyle. Fasting, ask him to just help you cut out those, maybe the habits that are are not life-giving in your life. He's doing that more and more with me, just nudging me to not do this or that because I'm praying specifically for certain people or for more of him in my life. So worship, fast, and pray is a a way that we learn from the early church. So this is what's made the early church unstoppable. (laughs) Having God's love that was unstoppable, having his plan and purposes in their hearts that was unstoppable, and having his presence and his power with them. And you just never know where that may lead you. I love the fact that when we started this, we looked at that verse saying, you will go into all the gospel the world and you will be my witnesses. And to really be His witness, it's to live His life, to speak His words, to know His heart, wherever we go. That is the will of God for our lives. Now, I have had some amazing opportunities to experience the love of God purpose of God the presence of God in some very obscure places <laughs> where he has led me and I'd like to share just a couple of pictures with you of some of the things that I've done but he has miraculously opened the doors as I've asked him to use me in some really remote places one was way up in the Himalayas in the foothills of the Himalayas my husband Roger was working in New Delhi and I went to India eight times and Loved it. But I kept saying, Lord, I don't want to just be in this blitzy hotel. Lead me to people where I can be useful and I can share your love and your, your joy. <laughs> and through a series of miraculous openings, I was invited to go up and start working in projects right on the border of Tibet and Nepal. And I had to travel 14 hours from Delhi along dangerous, very rocky roads with big holes and potholes in the middle because of monsoons and trucks rattling down the other way very dangerous journey with sheer drops 14 hours to get to through Rishikesh and Dehradun up to Gongotri area which is the source of the Ganges and I lived with local people in their homes and in ashrams no water, no electricity, no toilets destitute people and started projects where we could really start bringing dignity and hope. And I could actually see they had ash on their foreheads and I could just see he gave beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And I went five times to those very remote places, I never got an upset tummy or was ill. He just kept me in health and in energy. And I tell you, those people were so surprised to see a white woman. They'd never seen a white woman, especially an older one. And I thought the Lord has such a sense of humor. So that was up in the Himalayas or Himalaya. He's also opened the doors for me to work in the northeastern part of South Africa in very destitute communities around Khatswani, where I actually lived in a grass hut. I got to know the tribal authorities, the water committee, the burial authorities, um, because I really wanted to understand the challenges that some of the women face and the children and to see how I could be constructive. But in everything I went as the servant of the Lord, the believer of Jesus, the one who was wanting to shine his light, In a very dark place and it was so exciting how the Lord opened the doors for me to be there I worked for an international company and we did so many uh, big projects but I did some sideline projects such as the one you see here where we started spinach farming and food farming and I really got to know and love that community in Limpopo that was in South Africa and nowadays I work in Uganda in eastern Uganda in a rural slum just outside of Mbali with an amazing charity that's brought a school and a clinic and we've put in clean water. And I help run projects of sewing and carpentry and life, livelihoods to bring dignity and hope but all in the name of Jesus Christ working with beautiful Christians there. So God is good, opening doors because of his love being unstoppable, his purpose is unstoppable and his presence and his power, unstoppable. And I've always felt safe because I know that he's led me. He's led me. And as you read Acts 13 and 14, certain things are going to jump out at you as they did for me. But one of the things that really stood out for me was the fact that signs and wonders accompanied Paul and Barnabas. And we mustn't be surprised when that happens because We can pray for miracles. We can pray for healing. We can start small but believe big. We can prophesy. God's life, his dimension of abundant life is accessible to us all. We all have the same flame (laughs) and we can all be used by him. He is truly remarkable. It's all about Jesus. It's not about us. We are the tools that he uses but it's remarkable what he can do because of his great love so expect signs and wonders and also what i love is that we have victory in the name of jesus because you can also expect some attacks from dark spirits i remember working in the eastern part of south africa and um, a witch doctor came to come against us and to intimidate and cause absolute panic and there were some very weird things that took place but we could gather in the name of Jesus Christ and speak the blood of Jesus and we were completely safe and that witch doctor had to back off that was something to see but we can come against the power of darkness we saw Paul and Barnabas there was a sorcerer And Paul, just start with that, so also read about it in Acts chapter 13. Also what stands out for me is in Acts 13, Paul quotes that the Jews were God's chosen people because they were to be the light of the world to the Gentiles. And so much in the themes through the whole of scripture is about bringing light into the dark places. So I really want to encourage you if you are surrounded in a family or a workplace or a situation where you sense the darkness just call on the Lord to really give you his light so that you can be the light in the dark place because that's what he's called if you read in Matthew 4 Matthew 5 and I love the message version where it says you are the light of the world it says Be the God colors in this world. Bring in God colors wherever you go, because he doesn't cover you with a bucket or a basket. He puts you on a light stand so that you can shine to the world because it's his light, not ours. So these are just some of the thoughts as I look. Signs and wonders, and don't be surprised at the darkness, but you can counter that in the name of Jesus. And just be the light also want to encourage you to rejoice when somebody else gets a blessing and somebody else gets favor because dear Barnabas who was a son of encouragement that was his next name we start in Acts 13 and it's all about Barnabas and Saul and then it changes it becomes Paul and Barnabas and Paul gives his big speeches and Paul does things and Barnabas has to sort of back off but you know he doesn't complain he's such a man of God that he rejoices when someone else has got a blessing or someone else is being favored or used. So let's have that same heart attitude too and I just also want to have a sense with you of expectancy that as we commit ourselves now and pray that God will start using us as never before. We don't know where he's going to send us and how he'll do it, But may he use us as never before to share his love, to share his plan and purpose in our lives and to know his presence wherever we go. And so as we close, I just want to say it's been such a joy to share this time with you and I pray that as you go into this week, that you will really experience that unstoppable love of God in your life, that you will know that He cherishes you, that He delights in you, that He favors you, that He honors you, that He wants to build you up (laughs) to be the best you that He's fashioned you to be. Receive His love and share an intimate, beautiful relationship with Him. God's love for you is unstoppable. I also pray that you will start to ask him for his divine purpose and plan for your life. That you will maybe start worshipping as you haven't before. That you will fast and pray and seek his face. That you will truly start walking in the path that he has for your life, wherever that may be. And I pray that through this week we will all it is here that we will really enjoy his presence and his love and celebrate him (laughs) his presence and his power because he's going to be sending us we don't know where it might be to the ends of the earth (laughs) be blessed look forward to seeing you again soon